Welcome to the 12th House Podcast. I'm Michelle Palazon, your host and the head witch in charge here at Holisticism. Welcome. Delighted to be here with you. Oh my God. How good was last week's episode with Victoria Albina? I mean, could you just even believe it? Wow. Got so many great comments from the crew on how much you loved the conversation. And I'm just, can I just tell you, I am so enjoying talking about money with like really smart people who are spiritual, who are thoughtful, who are engaged and who are grounded. It is so much fun. And I am just having the time of my life because there was definitely a point in my life where I hated talking about money and I hated talking about numbers. Like, oh my God, in my early twenties, I would do anything to avoid looking at my bank account balance. Like literally anything. I would be like, oh, I'm overdrafted. Okay. Well, I'll just like pretend that didn't happen. (laughs) What? That's not how it works. You get, nope, that's not how it works. But you know, we're older, we're wiser. We have more money in the bank, which is good. And you know, it takes time. It takes time. I don't know about you, but financial literacy was like not exactly, it wasn't like prioritized. I don't know. Kind of just was like a thing that I guess if I'd asked my parents, like they would have told me more about it. And I think that like I came to it on my own way and maybe my parents needed, like knew that I would be like that. You know, I kind of needed to like figure it out on my own, trial by fire. But yeah, no. Honestly, they probably tried to teach me at some point and I just was like, I zoned them out because I was like, no, I'm going to be a dancer. I don't need to worry about, I don't know, muggle things like dollar bills. I just need to worry about my art. But anyways, here we are. We're in about art, thinking about dollar bills, thinking about crypto, and also just thinking about how do these things intersect and connect to each other? How does our relationship to wealth and money and abundance impact our spiritual perspective in how we move through the world. And like, duh, inevitably, indubitably, it does. And what does that mean? And what can we make of it? So I'm just, anyways, having the time of my life with these conversations. Oh my God, they're all so good. And I'm so excited for today's episode with the one, the only mama medicine, Deborah Hanekam. So I have to be honest with you, when I found out we were going to record this episode, I was like a little scared because I've followed Deborah for a while on social media and I have a ton of mutual friends or mutual connections with her and a ton of students who love her. And I live in LA and she's in New York and I'd never, when I lived in New York, I didn't know of her. So we never really connected. And, you know, from afar, I was like, this, this lady's cool. She's a bad B. Like she looks like a baby angel, but she also has some like I don't know, big fire energy. Like, I don't know if it's Sag or Aries or like maybe Scorpio. I know Scorpio is not fire, it's water, but like she's got some, I mean, isn't Scorpio the secret fire sign? Can we, can I say that? Like as a Scorpio man? Anyways, that's my hot take. Don't cancel me for it. Anyway, I was a little nervous that maybe I hyped her up too much in my head. And I was kind of expecting, you know, like, I feel like when you when you're in this industry sort of, and I've been in the wellness space for like 10 years, over 10 years, you meet enough people, enough influencers, enough famous people, enough sort of like idols that are not that dope, you know, that are not the way that they necessarily show themselves to be to the world. And listen, we all know that who you are on social media is not a mere image of you. We know, you and I know that social media is like a totally alternate universe. Like it's another, it's another world. It's not a mirror image of this world. It's not a copy of this world. And so we're all playing characters or embodying different archetypes. And, and some people 
say that they are embodying the character of themselves, authentically themselves. They are exactly the same online. They'll say, I'm exactly the same here on Instagram that I am in real life. And that is what is like weird when someone is so different in the real world to how their online persona is. That like cognitive dissonance is like, woo, fuck you up. And I'm so happy to report that Deborah is not only how she seems through the computer screen, she's like even better. She was so fun and so smart and so cool. And we laughed the whole time. We had such a fun time. We got really weird and wild, like mm, 40 minutes in, damn, hold on to your butt because we, <laughs> we start going off. And this was such a fun conversation. We really ran the gamut from talking about the witch wound to talking about abundance and how so many people are shutting themselves down and their intuition down for fear of being persecuted, I guess. I don't know if persecuted is the right, is like exactly the word that I want to use here, but I think we, we say it really, Deborah explains it really well in this episode, but so many of us have learned that our intuition is dangerous to others. And so it's dangerous to us, right? Because it puts us in a, a place that's not safe. And we're searching for safety in these human bodies, right? In this world. And so we shut our intuition down and there are consequences and we have to, one of the biggest roles that we can take on, one of the biggest lessons that we can learn is how to find the happy medium between listening to yourself and trusting yourself. And also you're here on this planet, like with these other people. <laughs> so what do we make of that? But this is a really great episode. And if you like it, we would be so honored if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Send us a screenshot of your review and we will enter you to win a raffle. This month, we are giving away our four-day energetic recalibration, which is like a very baller four-day class that you can take in like 10 minutes a day that has serious energetic shifting inside of it. I always feel like at this time of year, I have spatial synesthesia. So I see the calendar as like this weird oval, not really an oval. It's hard to explain, but I see the time between like November 25th and like December 10th is like this black hole almost where it's like a no time zone. (laughs) And it feels like I'm kind of floating in space and it always feels like a time to sort of reset a pre, a pre reset before like we go into the new year. Honestly, that kind of feels like a new year for me. So this is a really good time to take that energy, I think. And especially some winter solstice energy on December 21st, lots of big shifts happening. So if you are curious to learn more, you can, uh, we'll put the link below in the show notes, but you can get it for free just by reviewing the podcast and sending us a screenshot of your review. We thank you in advance. Five stars only. Just kidding. I'm not. Okay. With that, I'm going to let you, I'm just going to let you listen to Deborah because she's amazing. Enjoy it. And I'll see you on the other side. Deborah, welcome. It's so exciting to have you on the podcast. How's it going? I'm doing very well. And I'm just so excited and so honored to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a total pleasure. I have been following your journey from afar for a while. I'm in LA, you're in New York, and we have so many mutual community members who just love and adore you. And so it's it's so lovely to finally get to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this meeting is long overdue. I can't <laughs> wait to see what comes up. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> well, something that I was really surprised to come up 
actually come across my desk when we were thinking about doing this podcast was that you wanted to talk about the witch wound, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. And I'm really curious how you got introduced to the concept because there's, there, I feel like there are a bunch of different entry points to it. You know, the sort of spiritual perspective, the maybe like witchy perspective. And then the perspective that I really love, which is from Sylvia Federici, which is sort of like socioeconomic, historical, and also spiritual. So how did you kind of stumble across it? I think it was for me more of an observation. I really think a lot about how we have gotten to where we are today with like the the feminine and the spiritual being so disregarded like i spend a lot of time researching and looking into how did it happen that we came to be so incredibly fragmented that we give our power away that we disempower ourselves that we think that we're not intuitive that we think that the divine or what is sacred is something external from us and we're we're too too shameful and too unworthy to ever reach i think a lot about how did that happen and why feminine energy and those of us who identify as women have lived here and everyone else has lived here. And I think with just watching everything happen with the the pandemic and the way the, the mental health crisis that was, was arising from it, I just felt like it is the witch wound in so many ways. It just, it, it is, there is no other way to really describe it. It's, you know, the, the ones who are connected to their intuition and to their feminine nature and who are healers are really just extraordinary beings in so many ways are so afraid of being judged. And perhaps this is from being persecuted in past lives, or perhaps this is from persecution that has been faced in this lifetime when they go out there to share in the world. And now that exact energy, that energy of the extraordinary creators and, and healers is needed so much in the world and the people who are not afraid to do things differently and say things differently than what else is being said. They're needed so much right now, yet that fear of judgment and persecution is so strong and so real at this time that they're you know, not coming forward. So mm-hmm. what can I do with my experience to help remedy this wound in some way, shape, or form. Whew, well said. I, when you were speaking, I thought of sort of like this strange sort of insidious conversation that I feel like has co-opted the witch wound language, which is, mm-hmm. oh, there need we need to be the truth tellers and not be afraid to speak our truth people who are perpetuating really harmful narratives and beliefs and sort of hiding or I guess like costuming themselves as the ones who know, the ones who like truly understand justice. And that's really scary. (laughs) That's really scary to me. I could see someone misconstruing what we're talking about here today for their own purposes, for their own agendas. But I guess that that can happen with any language. (laughs) 
Yeah, it can. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are feeling challenged right now and a lot of people are feeling persecuted. And I think, you know, when we take into regard the mental health crisis, that is really, it's really strong and it's hitting really sensitive people all over the world. There is this great division Mm -hmm. and people being pushed into different extremes and then Mm -hmm. looking for all the different ways to justify those extremes. But in regard to the witch wound, when we actually look at what, how, how do we remedy that? How do we heal that? It's about coming into completion. It's a reunion. It's a pull towards the center, the middle, that like sacred altar that we carry around within us, within our hearts. It's like a, it's a, a reclamation of the self because there's so much out there to, to divide us at this time. Yeah. So of course, witch wound is such an amazing word to co-opt when you're in victim consciousness, you know? Yeah. 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 And when you said like bring, bringing yourself into wholeness or completeness, that reminds me of just being more human, you know, like I think often when we're, we're separate from ourselves or extremes is a really bringing yourself to extremes. It's a great way to describe it to me. It's like the separating of your, of your cells, you know, when a cell goes through mitosis or meiosis and it like pulls itself away to the two poles and it's those extremes. It is separate. It does. It doesn't get to come together and be, be whole. <laughs> now I'm talking about biology. Don't know why. Go for it. I'm so into it. Go for it. <laughs> I'm like, yes, and the homeostasis is getting it into the center. Mitochondria, something else. <laughs> the <of> the cell. <laughs> Damn it, Peloton. I had one cup of coffee today, and all of a sudden I'm going back to AP Bio. Okay, I'm going to land this plane, I promise. But that feels so inhuman, right? To pull ourselves to the extremes because that's not really the point. Coming back into like our softness and our completeness and our human nature and acknowledging the natural gifts that we have seems like sort of the how to combat the witch wound. I think about how many people I know who are really, really intuitive who learned when they were younger that if they intuited something about adults or if they had some sort of download or just deep sense of knowing, claircognizance of something they weren't supposed to know about as a little kid, they got in trouble. And or adults would get mad at them because adults could felt that those kids could like see through them and understood things. And so they would be punished. And I don't think that that's rare. I think a lot of us are very intuitive. And the adults around us as we were growing up were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? No, you're not allowed to know that. And now you're in trouble. And we kind of shut down those gifts and that natural part of us that just is understanding the world so that we could be liked or so that we could be loved. And that also strikes me as something that we see with people who have complex PTSD. And you're talking about the mental health crisis that's happening all over. But how being hyper aware of and trying to understand what's going on around you all the time and really being able to read a room, being hypersensitive is a symptom or maybe not a symptom, but goes hand in hand with complex PTSD. And I don't think that it's, I don't think it's like random or that it's just a coincidence that those two things are so interconnected. My gosh, I couldn't agree with you more. What you were saying about adults around sort of dismissing 
intuition. I, I really do think that this is the moment, this is like the seed moment where a lot of like roots of witch wound arise in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. It is like, oh, okay, I shouldn't trust myself yeah. because this authority figure is telling me to not trust myself, that I'm wrong in some way. And that perhaps I should even feel shame for knowing what I know. And I think that, you know, when you are highly sensitive and highly intuitive, there's a lot that you sense and there's a lot that you feel and there's a lot you have a knowing around that you maybe wouldn't want to. And <laughs> you're like, you know, me, I don't want to know this shit either. No. <laughs> Yeah, there are actually some times for me where I'm like, I really wish I could not see so much about people at this time. (laughs) Same. Same. I bet my husband says the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But that, that reunion, that, you know, bringing the cell back into that state of homeostasis, you know, I think it is... It, it is so important and it is little by little allowing ourselves to just feel what we feel freely. And, you know, I think in the past two years, there's been so much around and it doesn't matter, like, I think where you lean politically or how you're navigating these intense changing times, there's just been so much around telling you what to believe. You know, Mm -hmm. like, believe this, believe this, believe that this is fact. This is, you know, and it's like, I think people are almost, almost any, anyone from anywhere has to start asking questions. And in a way we have to start going into the center to ourselves and asking us, is this what I really truly feel? Does this really feel true for me? Does this feel right for me and my family and those that I love and those who I care about? And how do I move forward from that place. So so many people have told us what to do and what to think. And we have to kind of go back to our center and figure out what is best for us and our families and our communities. And we talk about that a lot on this podcast of nuance and finding the gray space in the middle and taking everything as information and taking all the information in and also to make our choices and also acknowledging that there's like dichotomous information out there. There's information and we can take actions that maybe that maybe don't always like line up with the same train of thought consistently. I think about I don't want to get into vaccine territory, mm-hmm. but you know, I think about how horrible the US government and like deceptive <laughs> the US government has been for so and has proven to have been for so many so many years and also like I'm going to get the vaccine, you know, like I've got a immunocompromised partner and I don't necessarily trust the government and that they have our best interests at heart, but I also don't think that they're trying to make an entire generation of people infertile. So Mm. that's the choice that I'm going to make. And like, that's where I'm at. And I think that a lot of us are trying to sort of navigate through, I see that not everything is all good and everything is not all bad. And how do I find that gray space in between? Yeah. And the only way to find that space is to, to now finally own your intuition, 
own your energy because it's very clear, like if we are not owning our energy, someone or something else is, you know, if we're just going through the motions of life and not being kind of like this active participant in our lives, then we're, yeah, we're, we're, it's very easy for us to be very misguided. We, we actually have always had to trust our intuition, but now because of this great divide in a way, and because of all the dichotomy out there, we're in, in a lot of ways, even if you're just spiritually curious, you're being forced to, to trust how you feel and, and have your own reasons and your own ways behind feeling those things. Do you think that intuition is always right? Yeah, I do actually for us specifically. And right alongside that, I would say that sometimes your intuition will lead you to very challenging situations where you Mm -hmm. get your ass kicked because it's the, you know, God or goddess or love or the universe, whatever you want to call it. Your higher power is like, great, you showed up for class today. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you ate breakfast because this is going to be a real one. (laughs) (laughs) You might want to take notes so you don't have to repeat this lesson again. Damn, my whole twenties. Basically, my whole twenties yeah. was like, "Oh, you didn't learn. You didn't learn that one. Really? Okay, cool. <laughs> we can do it again. We can do that again. That's fine. <laughs> we'll wait for you." <laughs> With that being said, though, I I hesitate around using words always and never. I love I love what you said before about how. It was it was something along the lines of people not really giving themselves permission to to change. And, you know, we are nature and just like nature, we are constantly growing, evolving, shifting, you know, going through rebirths and existing and then deaths. Like we have to give ourselves permission to change mm-hmm. our, our beliefs, our, our thoughts and, and give ourselves permission to believe something so strongly. And at the same time, be open and willing to being wrong about what we believe. I feel like you just read my mind because I was about to say, listening to your intuition also means admitting that you're wrong because your intuition can tell you one thing at one point. I think about people, right? Where we decide to to walk into a relationship or to begin a friendship with someone thinking, you know what, my intuition is telling me that this person is someone I can trust. And then we might learn something about them and realize, oh, they're not, they aren't, they're different. And that was a lesson and an important lesson. And we have to change our minds. We can't just say, well, my intuition told me they would be a good friend forever. You also have to take the information that you're presented with, because intuition is information, right? Mm -hmm. Right now in this moment and not gaslight yourself. You have to be present, I guess, is the, and be okay with changing your mind, evolving. Yeah. That intuition was so spot on for where you were then, but you've become going back to that biology lesson. (laughs) 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 You've become even on a cellular level a completely different person, you know, after seven years, 10 years, like you can't expect to still believe the same things that you did wholeheartedly since all the way back then. That I just had a deep fear where I was like, oh God, I'm going to go back and listen to podcast episodes from, you know, five years ago that I did and just be like, 
<laughs> I've just changed all of my beliefs. But I'm curious. You've been you've been really public for a while, mm-hmm. for 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 many years. What have you changed your beliefs on recently? Ooh, I think that I am. There's two things. One thing I'm currently working with is formlessness, like to really take this idea of being like water to a whole new level. And so not necessarily needing to have definitions for things like, you know, not necessarily needing to be like, okay, this selenite crystal, this is for clearing your aura. This Mm -hmm. is what you use this selenite crystal for, but more being in a place of communion with the selenite crystal. And how does this particular stone work with my energy and allowing things to become what they will. So I've been taking a little bit more of a poetic approach to life, I think, than I was in times past. And another thing that has really shifted for me is that I used to be in this place of putting all of these different tools in front of me, you know, whether it be like a system of healing or even like crystal bowls or things like this. And now I am in a place of looking at, well, in order to grow more spiritually, what can I take off? What can Mm. I strip down? What do I, how actually naked can I become? And then that's where, that's where like the, the core is that's where the the reunion with oneself is in so many ways. That's beautiful. And that seems it's funny. I feel like the wellness, well-being and spiritual space was very prescriptive. It was almost like we wanted recipes for how to be away, right? Like mm-hmm. give me the exact instructions. How many how many pieces of selenite do I need? Where, how do I need to organize them? Like how do yeah. I do this to be the best version of what's the formula? And that's sort of like a, oh, now I'm like, oh, that's like patriarchy. <laughs> right. Duh. Like the, just like being so regimented and like, this is the only way to do this. And if you want the results that you want, then you have to follow this to a T. Here's the recipe. Here's the formula. And that also dulls our intuition. It's yeah. like, why would you do the opposite of your intuition to get to your intuition? Like, just listen to yourself, you know? But that's so hard to tell people when I think they're first getting into discovering this part of themselves. We all want, what are the rules? How, like, what are the steps? Just tell me how to get there. What's the hypotenuse? What's the most direct path to finally feeling whole and complete? And unfortunately it's a journey, you guys, not, not a destination. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think too, we're, we're so conditioned to approach things from the intellect and mm-hmm. from the mind. And I actually think that you know, there needs to be quite a lot more encouragement on approaching what we want to learn, what we want to discover from a place of just being open and willing to receive, Mm. you know, what all that is meant for me will come to me when it is meant for me, the understandings, the tools, the clarity. And when I'm not in that place, the practice then is to be comfortable with mystery and with not knowing and with that sense of formlessness. 
You're speaking to my triple water heart as a Pisces sun, <laughs> Cancer rising, Scorpio moon. I'm like, yeah, no form. We don't need it. Puddle, puddle life. <laughs> Hashtag puddle life. <laughs> you guys heard it here first. Make it happen. Puddle life. <laughs> <laughs> for your you also have a thriving thriving business you have mm-hmm. space by mama medicine which is your online space you are a gifted healer that i've never been able to get a obsession with anytime i've tried to go to new york and book with you you're always booked which is amazing i'm like i love that for you one day i'll get in it'll be great i'll love it you'll love it everyone will be happy i know you've got this thriving business how does formlessness play into that because I think like we have, especially you have a team, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's something about safety and security that we want to be able to provide our team and our families. And there has to be a bit of structure in that way. So how do you sort of make those two ideas come together? Yeah. Well, you know, I actually, I love business so much. I do. It's my favorite thing. It's yeah. I, I, and I love like learning more about it. I started my first business at a very young age and then had my first brick and mortar healing space when I was 24. Like this is what I, I've just been doing right from the jump. And I think that actually with my business, I thrive so much with structure, Mm -hmm. with having sort of sort of like the river bed to hold the flowing river and play a lot with being within balance of my own masculine and feminine energy. Because with having a team of people, you do need to step forward as a leader. When you are working in a spiritual space with a team of people, it brings a whole lot of... (laughs) It brings a whole lot of complications up with that because mm-hmm. you want people to be able to grow and to support themselves spiritually and feel like the the business is a place that nourishes them as, as much as it also nourishes me. While at the same time, it's like everything actually, there's deadlines and like <laughs> times where you need to show up for things and things need to, to really get done. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't just like not show up to this class that you're supposed to teach just because you're not feeling it. Like you got to do it. If you tell me that you didn't show up because you weren't feeling called an hour before you were (laughs) meant to show up, it just doesn't work that way, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's actually like, there's this part of me where, you know, for a long time within my business, I was like, writing out all of my own contracts. I was doing all of the accounting. I was really like a one woman show in so many ways and then had to slowly build my team. But I think that the team building in a way is my supportive structure. Like I feel like they, they sort of give me, they give like my creative spirit, a lot of protection Mm. and one thing I feel very proud of is my ability to build and bring together a really amazing team. It's only though, after having to go through, I mean, from 19 till now, I'm going to be 39 next week. You look like you were 22. I'm ancient. (laughs) You're not ancient, not at all, but also you look like you're 22. Thank you. 
Thank in a you. good way, not in like I was a piece of shit when I was twenty two. I still, <laughs> you know, like I was hungover. You look like a glowing, healthy twenty two year old. <laughs> How are you when you were twenty two? Hungover. <laughs> Pretty per- perpetually, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, but yeah, I don't know. I I've had horrible situations where I've w- was worried about being too nice to everybody and had to fire everyone, or yeah. had to be like found myself in a more mothering situation or being people's healers and in or like someone comes in and they're very ambitious and they don't want to help support they don't see the that supporting the work that I do is a form of healing work they need to be in the place that I am in Mm. and so the get like competitive so there's been a lot of kind of like nightmare situations so learning through experience but now now I feel really happy with the team that I have that's amazing yeah. yeah. I also feel very lucky. I have, I get to work with like the most incredible people and they're so smart and so good at what they do. And hiring was, is really hard. It, mm-hmm. it just is really hard. And especially if you have, you have such a public community and a persona and so many people admire you that they just probably want to be in your energy. And they're like, whatever I can do to be around you, I will do. Oh, you need a social media manager? Great. I've been on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I feel like early on I was like, cool, you like this thing? That's amazing that I'm building. Like how flattering. I'd love to help you by giving you an opportunity to like learn. And that's not always the right move. Like that's actually not always the most kind thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Like putting someone in a position, but they don't have the skill sets to be in that position that you're just being nice and they're nice and everybody's so nice. And you're, you are, you're actually not doing what is kind. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? They they always say New Yorkers are kind. LA people are nice. I think that that's true. As someone who lived in New York for a long time, I'm like, yeah, Yeah. New Yorkers are kind. (laughs) Yeah. I I could, I could see that. New York is like, hey, you got something on your face. <laughs> I can't let you walk around. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> you look like a slab. <laughs> LA, no, you would never know. You would never know. You'd walk around a whole day and you would never know. You would think everything is fine. <laughs> exactly. Like, we have three people told me I was beautiful today. What is the deal with this? <laughs> oh, man. For this evolution of your business, it sounds like you've gone through a lot. Where do you see the intersection of the witch wound and how we make money? Because I think that those two things are intrinsically connected and huge issues for a lot of people who are dealing with their intuition or trying, like dealing with the witch wound, I guess. How does it show up for you? Yeah. Well, I think that there's a lot of self-worth that gets tied up in here. Like, I think part of the, the wound is this like sort of trick that has been played on the feminine consciousness to, to self-destruct and the way that self-destruction is portrayed in, in media and in, in stereotypes and different beliefs. And I think, first of all, it's important to understand that we have been 
and especially like the, the witches have been, and by which I just mean extraordinary person mm-hmm. have been conditioned to, to self-destruct. The youth has been conditioned to self-destruct in so many Whoa, ways. You just gave me like truth tingles. That is, let's double click on that for a second. Mm-hmm. How do you mean we've been programmed to self-destruct or we've been taught to self-destruct? Yeah. I mean, I just like, how far out can we go here? So far. <laughs> so far. <laughs> Dude, we can talk about collapsing timelines. We can talk about past lives. We can talk about crypto. Like literally take us there. We can go anywhere. <laughs> okay. So I have to tell you like a little story, but I'll try to keep it. No, keep I love stories. Brief. Please go for it. I think that a lot of times purpose is aligned with a question like and maybe it's a question that never gets answered but I have a lot of questions questions that I've been asking for years and I'm okay with them never getting answered but to continue to show up to ask the question is is the thing for me right and one question that I always like came back to was why is some music just so incredibly hard for me to listen to? Like I, I feel like I have to escape from the song is so bad and and it's not necessarily. (laughs) Name names, which songs? (laughs) I I think it's like a lot, a lot of like pop music or like, you know, are we talking like Jonas brothers or are we talking like Maroon five? Like I am gonna get so much shit for this, okay? <laughs> but I actually never, I, I never liked Michael Jackson's music. Like I was the one where, like, yeah. at, you know, in the dance, his one of his songs will come on, and I'd be like, oh, like, oh, like oh, I can't hear this. Yes. And anyway, so the, this question is one that I've been, or some art or some movies, I'm, I'm like, I can't even be around this. It's so bad. It's just so, so bad. <laughs> and I was, I was in the back of a cab after having this like really strong new moon ceremony with two of my friends and sort of all of my senses were open. And there was one of these songs playing and the vibration in the song, all I heard was like, shop, go out, spend all your money. Love is, is bad. It's painful. It's brutal. And you are a piece of shit anyway. So Whoa. Like, go like blow up your whole life. And that, that was sort of like in, in the lyrics of the song, or I somehow like heard that vibration in it. And I didn't really think too much of it. I just thought, oh, it's that one song. I should avoid it. Mm-hmm. But then a couple of years go by and I get invited to go to the VMAs. And I was like, wow, this is so exciting. Got dressed up, got to go to the VMAs with one of my friends who like is one of my, she's one of my dearest, closest friends. And she's also like one of the least spiritual people. <laughs> we all, honestly, I love those people in my life. Yeah. They're like, I don't know. I think I have a penis in Scorpio. Like, I don't know what I am. <laughs> But I also think that she has her own form of spirituality in terms of, I think the most highly spiritual people are the kindest people, right? Mm -hmm. Anyways, she's a New Yorker. Right. (laughs) Anyways, so we go to the VMAs together and I mean, I look around and I'm 
surrounded by all of these young people who it just, it was like cool to be depressed and (laughs) the music in the performances, I was seeing like really intense, like energy grids and sort of like sharp daggers coming out towards the, the youth and towards the people, particularly in, I think it was like when I saw Post Malone, I was just like, oh my God, like, it's just, it's, it's pain body connecting to pain body and like mm-hmm. this dragging down. And, you know, I just felt like there was an emphasis on the dark feminine. Like I'm going to use my sexual power and strength to like take you down, but it's, it's like under the guise of like female power, but it's mm-hmm. more like my only power is my sexuality mm-hmm. kind of conversation for the young women. And then the young men, it's like, it's cool to completely disregard your body. It's cool to be like super depressed and like take, take the pills, do the drug, like, you know, but yeah, that is not just to this time. That is, that is something that has been true when we're going way back to entertainment all the way in the very beginning. I mean, I think like probably the Romans and Greeks were a little bit more forthcoming about it with the gladiators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? But it's just, it's almost like it's, it's modern day gladiators and it's, it's connecting to like this destruction of innocence, basically, and this destruction of openness. The thing is, like, if you think about your innocence, right? When you're in the, like, I have an eight-year-old daughter. She is in a place of endless potential impossibilities. She is just so freaking confident. It's unbelievable, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is innocence is, is, in a way, it's very confident. And you can call it naivety if you if you would like to, and in maybe some ways it is, but really the more and more time I spend around innocence, I just see so much wisdom in it. And I think that innocence is, is confidence, it's personal power. And so, you know, when you have that, you, you have that self-worth, you have zero issues with going out and asking for the money that you need. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. This is the, just the even energy exchange. This is mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, like, it's a confidence thing. It's a self-worth thing, but there's, there's so much undoing, which really this destruction of innocence, I think is the witch wound. It ties into the witch wound so much. I think real witches, like the true witches, there is this natural innocence. There's this connection to animals, to nature. This, you know, this magical energy, right? Mm-hmm. And with with all of that destroyed and being conditioned out of us, of course, our self-worth is going to be on the floor. And of course, we're going to have a hard time asking for what we're worth. <sighs> Deborah, you took us there. And no, but I think you're you're right. There's this funny TikTok trend. Not it's not funny. It's a TikTok trend where people say, like, I don't know, these these celebrities just give me bad vibes. And they're not celebrities who have like done anything bad in yeah. the press they're just like they have they have dark energy <laughs> it's like a trend that people are like I don't know why but this person has always given me really dark energy and I'm not sure what the deal is and I think that what you're articulating is <laughs> that that's a less astute version of it right it's more of a like sort of pop trendy but also there's some there's something that rings true to that we almost mm-hmm. have these avatars in the media that sort of I guess like can can act as an awe 
like a character that encompasses a feeling or an aura or an energy, I guess, and and acts as like, I don't know, the boss in the video game level of mm-hmm. like getting past that or, or staying in that place or perpetuating that narrative, I suppose. I don't know if this is making sense, but, and I think that like these narratives have extreme feelings attached to them, right? They make us feel extreme in extreme ways. And for so many people, especially highly sensitive people, we've been desensitized because we've learned that when I'm sensitive, I'm unsafe. So we need extreme feelings in order to feel anything. And we're kind of like not picky about what that extreme is. It can be extreme negativity and sadness and depression and anxiety, or it can be the opposite. Like I think about like all the drugs and uppers that people take in order just to feel something in order to feel more human. And it seems like the witch wound and coming back to ourselves is just coming back into like feeling again, back to the middle, circling back to what we talked about at the beginning of like, what does it have to be so intense? Like, can it be back to the center? Does it have, does our, our understanding of ourselves need to be so self-inflated that we're like, I'm worth a bajillion dollars. Can't we just be realistic and say, well, I'm invaluable actually because I'm a person and my life is invaluable and I need to get paid this to live or I need to get paid this to like be comfortable. And it's not 10 bajillion dollars. It's it's this rate. <laughs> it's a reasonable rate. And like, I can just ask for that. And it's not a big deal. I don't need to make it this big, like, mm, sort of like puffing up of the chest. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm not articulating myself very clearly. No, you're so right on. It's like not about posturing. Yes, exactly. Knowing our, our worth and like then asking for our worth. And I think for me too, with getting numbers and prices in for things, I always have to take into consideration the amount of time I've put into building something. Mm -hmm. And then the amount of experience I've had. And then like, what does it actually cost me to show up for said thing? Mm -hmm. And then get, just ask for what I need with it. I just ask, I just need what I need with it. I don't have to like (laughs) posture. I don't have to like guess at the number. Like there's some actual like calculation and really feeling into the whole thing that goes into it. And then the number appears. And as soon as I get to that number that's aligned, there's a lot of flow with the the work that I'm putting out there into the world with that thing. I wanted to just say there was one other thing that you brought up. It was really interesting about actors or like celebrities having bad energy. Mm -hmm. So I actually think that a lot of like really gifted actors, writers, musicians, a lot of really gifted and talented people, creatives in the public eye, a lot of them actually are mediums. And 100% interchange the word medium with witch. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we don't know the energy that we're connecting to, if we're not aware of what we're channeling, like anything can hop in there. Like if you're not owning your energy, then something else is. So I don't necessarily think it has so much to do with the, the avatar or like the archetype that the person represents more. It's like, what are you channeling? Interesting. I like that. That reminds me, I have epilepsy 
That didn't mm-hmm. remind me of me having epilepsy. I know I have epilepsy. But when I started having seizures, I was I used to be a professional modern dancer. Mm-hmm. And when I started having seizures, I was like 17. And then I moved to New York and was studying and performing and doing a lot of improvisation and like really honing my craft, like getting super, super, super clear as a vessel. And my seizures got worse when the more I did that, it was like the more I opened up to anything anything. It was almost like I was short-circuiting, like you're plugging an American curling iron into a European voltage. And I had someone tell me at some point, you know, when you're that open of a vessel, anything can come in and everything is attracted to, you're open and you're light and like there's clear, there's clear energy there. And that can be really intense and things that you don't want to come in can come in. And I had to do a lot of work to like sort of button myself up in a healthy way. And I've been really lucky not to have seizures for a long time now. But I think that that there's definitely some truth to that. Like anyone who, I would say even business owners, especially business owners, anyone who's bringing something down that you know, nothing, no idea really belongs to us, whether it's a business, just like no child belongs to us. We're just the vessel. I think that they come through and it's our responsibility to like bring them and give them all the tools that we possibly can so that they can go do the thing they're supposed to do. I think those really, those of us who are working on being clear vessels, yeah, sometimes we can pull information and things through that are not so positive maybe or light. Yeah. And if you think about like at the the rate life moves when you're in that place, like this, this meeting, that meeting, that, 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 like next thing, next thing, next thing. Like, when do you ever get to stop and really ask yourself, what, what are the energies that I'm working with here? What, what am I allowing to let flow through me? So I do think that there's like an actual getting lost in the sauce that can, can happen for people. <laughs> I love that you said that. We've been saying that on the team so much lately. But like, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, everything we say, we're like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like lost in the sauce right now. <laughs> it's cracking me up. But it's true. It's such a great, like, you know, turn of phrase for how it feels where you're just like, whoa, you look around and you're like, where am I? Like, what is going on here? It's kind of like, I also, this is going to be a bit of a left turn, but when people get canceled, I feel like I can see the wave of energy that they're riding. And when some people fight that wave is when they drown and Mm -hmm. others who are able to stay like toes on the nose of their board while they're riding that energetic wave come out of it. Like they come... They, it's really, it's something I've been studying for the last couple of years, just like as a bystander of like, all right, how are they riding this energetic wave? Because it's just energy and you kind of get to decide how you want to respond to it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can ride it or you can try to fight it, but when you try to fight it, it's going to take you down basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like that silly trope of like, don't try to fight the waves, just learn to ride them, you know, babe? Like mm-hmm. life is full of waves. And I think that there's something to that. Like when we try to almost, yeah, I guess uh, this is sort of a half-baked theory, but I think that there's something there around not being afraid of being seen. Maybe this is why it's coming up for the witch wound, because I think part mm-hmm. of the witch wound is just that total fear of being reflected back, like letting people see you because you've learned at some point that when people see the true 
when people see you, you get in trouble, you get punished, you get burned at the stake, whatever it might be. And so there's resistance to it, even though there's a desire to have it. And sometimes we can self-sabotage. And in, instead of understanding that actually this is part of what I'm here to do is to be witnessed and to maybe be public or to be seen. And it is uncomfortable. And I can like paddle a little faster and I can catch this wave and I can get to where I want to go. It might not be exactly the way I want to do it, but it can still get me towards my desired outcome, which I think is self-actualization in some way, you know? Yeah. I think that we also maybe are conditioned to that successful people are always successful. You know, there's like, this is like the 10 personality traits of a successful person. And like, you know, if you're not this, then you're in the successful is always going to be successful. But I think we, we have to understand that like the peaks and valleys, both are really important in life. Mm -hmm. We need to have both. And every time that I've had like a really strong dip down in life, like, you know, a massive breakup or a business that I pour so much into crashing or, you know, anytime I've had one of those really like low lows, it's always followed by a high, high. And Mm -hmm. I think the key is like not getting caught up in the, like there's a fine line between nervousness and excitement and it's not getting caught up in the frenetic energy of either a peak or a valley but being able to stay in the center and in that constant and and in your heart space through no matter what is changing and shifting around you and that's that's flow and that's I think maybe what we do all of this spiritual work to to really be able to tap into Mm mm-hmm and to feel the depths of and the high, the highs and the lows of both feelings, right? And the in between, which again, biology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes down to basic biology, really. <laughs> That's it, guys. It's go back to AP Bio. Everything you needed to learn, you learned in sophomore year of high school. <laughs> Deborah, this was so great. I wish that we had more time because I could talk to you forever. But maybe we'll we'll do another episode at some point. I'd be honored to have you back. But how can people find you and learn more about you and your work and what you're up to and, and see what happens next? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I would love to see you again sometime. I haven't been back to LA in a long time, but when I do go back, would love to see you. And yes, so grateful to have spent this time with you today. And just, you really seem like publicly, you really seem like who you actually are. So it's, <laughs> it's always nice when you get to see that. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> it's always nice when you get to see that. Yeah, to find me. So you can go to my website, mamamedicine.com. All the info about Space by Mama Medicine, my witch wound course, my book, Ritual Baths, all of that is there. And then you can also follow me on Instagram at Mama Medicine. Beautiful. You're a very fun follow. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for taking this time. That's it. That's the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
You're the best. You're the best listeners ever, ever, ever. And heads up, we will be taking a break on the 12th house for the month of December. We are regrouping. Regrouping? No, we're regrouping. We're resting. We're researching. We are taking the podcast. We are leveling it up for 2022. Also, we have some, you know, some shifts happening at Holisticism. So we wanted to, we're just doing some things, okay? Just stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned. And if you're not already on our email list, we have something really exciting coming for Black Friday. I have a lot of things that I kind of can't tell you that we're working on that are like going to happen kind of in quick succession from Black Friday through the end of December. So if you're not on the email list already, I recommend it, especially if you want to get in on like a mega Black Friday situation that we're doing. It's only going to be on email. It's not going to be on social. So if you want in on that, has to do with Notion for Magical Baddies, get yourself to the email list. And as always, thanks for tuning in. You're magical. You're wonderful. You're dreamy. I love you. And I think that you're here to do amazing things. So go do those amazing things, okay? All right. I'll see you on the internet. Bye.